0: What's up, Debbie Peoples? The Dose Boys are in the house. We got some fire content tonight. Week 7 show coming at you. Some really good games from week 6 to recap. And we get a special treat tonight. Kyle and I are coming with early flag plants for the 2024 class. And we're not like cherry picking top of the class. We're going a little bit deeper here. Uh, Some guys that are not on the top fives for any of the big services or for most of our friends in the Debbie community at this point that we think kind of should be. Kyle? Kinda. What's going on, man?
1: Not much. I mean, we're, uh, I think we're ready to roll. We're rocking the, both rocking the hoodies tonight. It's a chilly version of tonight's show
0: yeah my office is like a little sunroom off my house and it's getting, it's getting there's cold not much sun these
1: these these days <laughs> yeah,
0: not much sun it's october in massachusetts it's getting a little chilly we're in uh fully in hoodie season here i kind of liking it though I'm, uh, I'm not gonna lie
1: yeah it's the best time of the year so what do you catch your game this week you get to watch anything um, I watched quite a few. I watched Tennessee AM, that was uh, that was good. We did what we needed to do. Our offense is still pretty bad, but um, defensively, I think that was the best Tennessee defense performance I've seen in like the last five to ten years. So we take those. Nice. Um, I watched USC Notre Dame. That was yeah, really disappointing as someone who had Caleb Williams mm-hmm. in fantasy leagues and needed a little comeback. Um, Washington Oregon be- I caught the end of.
0: Yeah, Washington Oregon I watched most of. It was a good game. It was a
1: blow
0: for blow all night there. Kind of last one of the ball, you know, won the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Truly.
0: Alabama barely squeaking one out past Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I, I like it. We play uh, we play them this week, so hopefully they don't barely squeak one out against Tennessee. And, Did Tennessee uh,
0: play better this week?
1: Defensively, yes. Offensively, if, no. If
0: you guys had last year's defense, last year's offense, and this year's defense, you'd be, you'd be an would We athlete. don't even need last year's offense. We just need Hendon Hooker. That's true. <laughs> Honestly, and Hooker on your offense right now, and its I think it looks pretty good. I don't think the receivers are that bad. I just think they need a guy to elevate them, you know? Uh, we're we're undefeated
1: that? with Hooker and probably favored going into the Alabama game. Yeah, man.
0: For sure. All right. Let's launch into this. Ballers of the week. 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 I really want them to go
1: on that fun
0: <laughs> we will just do it old school and dirty style here. Um, so the weeped top performers. I had a guy that I wanted to shout out. This young man came out of nowhere. Did you did you rename him?
1: No, you renamed him. <laughs> he was. I think <laughs> you mistyped him.
0: I, I think it's kind of fun there. <laughs> we'll we'll go with it. Epic I.O. Manor. That kid's named really. Alec I.O. Manor, a uh, wide receiver from Stanford. He is a sophomore, if I recall correctly. And, uh, yeah, uh, 13 catches, 294 yards, three touchdowns. That is like that is a passing stat <laughs> <is>, line. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. I mean, it's Colorado. Colorado's defense is the gift. They keeps on giving. uh, yeah. Interesting to see the breakouts. They really haven't had a guy there this year at Stanford. Um, and I think with, uh, Euro going down, well, who knows?
1: Maybe the kid can do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like who else? Yeah. I mean, Tiger Bachmeier has been okay. He's still a true freshman though. Like, I don't think there's there's much there. Yeah. Um, running back of the week for me was your boy, Mr. Ashton
0: Giante. He's been a not uh, uncommon sight up here in the leaderboards. Uh, 31 carries, 212 and three. You know, like I kind of like to call out some new blood up here, but man, that is just dominant.
1: Yeah. He's him. He's he's the guy. I mean, he's done this every freaking week. He's the CFFRB RB1 right now because he just scores like 40 CFF points every week. I think um, he's making a legitimate case to be a top three back in next year's class.
0: Yeah, certainly a day two pick at least. Um, yeah, I've been trying to trade for him, and uh, I'm offering like other NFL quality backs and, you know, to, to, there's a losing team that has him in one of my leagues. I'm like, man, I would literally give you an NFL player for this guy. I just want to win the college. Uh, that's all I care about and nothing, getting nothing done. Um, And then uh, a couple of quarterbacks went off. Uh, I'm going to save the actual number one quarterback. Talk about shortly here. So we'll talk about Braden trigger instead. Whitey quarterback who I think maybe it's just me, but at the beginning of the year, it looked like Schrager was going to be like a mega star for CFF. And then he has not played well for the past month. Uh, this week, he had 47 attempts, 427 yards, three toddies, good for a 154 rating. Good game out of Schrager. And I didn't see, like, I didn't see if that trickled down to Ashlock. I feel like he's going more with it was all right. other was all right yeah the other it kid was like 18 great. I think the the senior uh on Hawaii has kind of been the guy to play lately Ashlock had um eight
1: for 68 and one so not too bad
0: yeah the other kids had a lot more of the downfield role and Ashlock's been like their uh kind of possession short area guy I'm trying to remember the guy the other kid's name uh McBride yeah, McBride's had a lot more of a deep role and uh, it's been it's been useful, although Ashlock has many more receptions than he does.
1: So. What what you got for ballers of the week? You got anything? Not much. Um, there, there weren't really a ton of guys who, like super stuck out to me. I think um, and Hampton, the UNC running back, deserves a nod. 24 for 197 and 1 against Miami leading UNC to yet another big win. And then um Lejante Wester, the FAU wide receiver continues to do it even without Casey Thompson at quarterback. 10 for 123 and 1 and a punt return touchdown last week um propelled him to like a 45 point performance and pushed me to some wins. So
0: yeah, nice. A couple other Debbie guys we like had good games. Uh, Franklin, 154 yards. Uh, Keon Coleman, who I almost brought up in a later segment, but we dropped the segment. Nine for 140. Man, Coleman's been so tough to play for CFF. Yeah. It, it's just you're just damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Mm-hmm. It's either like one catch four yards or you missed a buck forty. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been brutal. Uh, I think. More than almost any other player. And then, actually, Travis Hunter's back. I didn't even really notice that. And, uh, oh,
1: you should have. I mean, 13 for 140 and two. A huge game from him. Uh, I think Weaver still eight as well. And then Jimmy Horn seemed to be the the odd man out this week. I think five for 60 from, you know, Horn. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, and I wanted to talk about Amari into two. kids. Uh, good. I think we talked about him last week, though, in the breakouts. So We've I, uh, talked
1: about him a couple times, I think. Uh, it's having a good yeah,
0: I, I think I think he's going to be, you know, uh, on in Are They For Real. Maybe we do like a nice segment with like the 2025 guys, you know, kind of do some film on them and, and some stats because I think that would be pretty pretty cool. Uh, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to do well <laughs> when, <laughs> when I get down to stats with it. Uh, he's got the signs of being a good player. So, um, all right, man. You got any breakouts worth talking about? Breakouts and busts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go straight to the QB one on the week, and that is Avery Johnson, the Kansas State true freshman quarterback. Uh, came in for Will Howard in this one. Has kind of been used as like a, a rushing package quarterback this season. Uh, but he played the entire second half of this K-State game this week. He went eight for nine through the air for 77 passing yards, but he ran 16 times for five touchdowns and 88 yards on the ground. Um, I mean, five rushing touchdowns is like 30 points um, for a quarterback compared to like the four-point passing touchdown. I think – there were some guys who finished ahead of, ahead of him in six point passing, but he's the QB one this week in four point passing. So I don't think K State can put him back in the bottle. I think they're going to have to roll with him going forward. Um, I do worry he'll have slightly shorter of a leash than others, considering how good Howard has been over last year. And he's been all right this season. So you just can you hear me? Yeah. Your audio just went out. Is it still out? Yeah, I got nothing. I'm going to drop you and then come back,
0: okay? Or Maybe you should drop and then come back. It's
1: you. Nothing, dude. It's you. Why did I say it louder? It doesn't do anything. We'll text him. But, yeah, uh, my computer is getting it, so I, I'm going to assume the people are getting it. Anyway, I don't think Avery Johnson is losing the starting job anytime soon. I think he's super exciting for CFF, um, especially in Dynasty. Um, the one issue I have with Johnson is that he's a little on the small side, um, so I don't think there's a ton of Debbie potential, but it's slightly possible he's just so athletic. I'm not not sure, but the size is a real concern, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, Johnson with 8.5
0: yards per attempt, too, like not a bad number at all. So, um, you know, I don't think we have any evidence to say that he can't throw the ball, too. You know, I think a little bit of the contrary. Obviously, uh, <laughs> they're they're ready for the rush there and they might be leaving themselves a little more open for the passing game. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I also-
1: mean, statistically, he was one of the best high school senior quarterbacks last year in the nation. The issue was just like he played – in Kansas. So nobody really trusted it, but
0: yeah. Uh, Okay. So my breakout first breakout, also the quarterback position, Josh Hoover, true freshman QB TCU, kind of the anti-Avery Johnson. This kid just (laughs) it out 58 attempts, just slinging the ball, man. That is prolific. But for 439 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, yeah, I think we get a similar situation here, right? Where Chandler Morris probably is going to find himself struggling to come back to the field for a little bit if Hoover keeps it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Morris is like legitimately out two more weeks at least. So yeah, I think Hoover is going to have the opportunity to prove himself and. We'll see if he continues to do that going forward. Yeah, right on. What you got? I got one more quarterback, and that's um, the Arizona redshirt freshman, Noah Fafita. Um, Not a huge fantasy line this week because he didn't score any touchdowns, but he did go 34 for 43 through the air for 342 passing yards. And then – he was filling in for an injured Jaden Delora, and then a running back for Arizona, Jonah Coleman, was filling in for an injured Michael Wiley, and he stole all the touchdowns. Jonah Coleman had 11 carries for 70 yards and three scores this week. Um, this is an offense that you want pieces of, and I, I do think Wiley still has a significant role when he comes back, but there's I think there's a chance that um, Jaden Delora is not the guy going forward. And I he's been passed up by Noah Fafita. Yeah, Fafita
0: is just stacking good games, man. Um, uh, I just love to see it. He hasn't had a game with less than a 69% completion percentage, hasn't thrown for less than 232 yards. The past two games, he's had over eight yards in attempt. Uh, you know, ratings been hovering around 100 or higher. Like, just... A kid making his first three starts at the collegiate level against Washington, USC Washington State, just solid defenses. Uh, man, mm-hmm. you gotta be excited One. if you're, uh, yeah, if you're an Arizona fan or if you're a manager of Noah Fafita and Campus Canton. Uh, things look bright,
1: yeah. He's also a little short, but um, no. I think you
0: you got a guy. Kyler Murray went 101. You know, I don't know if the like, runs like that, not, but he's not Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. I got a kid. Um that was a fun breakout, whose name I can't say right. I'm gonna do my best. Please don't hate me. I know how
1: it is. I can say it. Yeah, say it. It's Kelly Ackery.
0: Ackery. That's actually much more simple than it looks. Yeah. Um, it looks much more complicated than that. <laughs> Um, uh, I'll take that right out too. So, uh, Kelly Ackery, um, and then I needed that. I needed that stat line. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Put his height uh, and uh, weight
0: in the height and weight. She... eight, eight catches, 223 yards and two touchdowns, uh, wide receiver junior at UTEP. And, uh, God, what's the kid's name? Who's been out? Tyron Smith has been yeah. out for, Couple of games now, and it won't we'll get you know, to that. Yeah, this is one game we don't know, but you know, could be the signs of something happening here. So, I'm gonna monitor. I'm probably gonna, not even throwing,
1: I'm uh, gonna ruin our injury report in the future here. Um, I think Tyron Smith is redshirting, I don't think he's gonna play again this season. I think Ackery's gonna be the guy for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah. So the other games, Tyron Smith missed. Though he had like three receptions, four receptions. One of them, though, was four receptions, ninety-two yards. Um, so looks like he's got a downfield type role. Yeah. This one they've, here, also been been their, like,
1: they've also been on there like they've also been on there like QB three because mm. um, Hardison is hurt. Um, so the passing offense has kind of struggled for the most part, but. I don't know. I, I, I think he's worth the ad. I don't think he's getting passed by Tyron Smith for the rest of the year. So you gotcha. might not be like super pleased. You might be, you might just be a dice roll every week, but he'll be productive when the season comes to an end.
0: You've got spots open. It's worth a roster. Uh, one more guy I had here at the wide receiver positions, Ricky Pearsall. You and I have talked about him a lot. I we've talked about him a ton on Break the show. Out. Don't call him a breakout. I mean, it's a career game for him. Okay. So 10 catches, 166 yards and a touchdown uh, versus South Carolina. Um, What was a down-to-the-wire type game, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, just a really nice performance from him. I wanted to give him the shout-out. And Pearsall's a guy, you know, that – you and I both think might have some NFL upside. He was going to get a feature on our are they for real segment, but we cut it. But I think we'll have to come back to him because I do want to watch some Pearsall film. I know you've said that he's a nice route runner that mm-hmm. has a little bit of speed. So
1: so did you know that Utah has their own Travis Hunter? What? Sione Avaki. Uh, Utah safety slash running back. Um, He had 15 carries for 158 yards and two touchdowns this week versus Cal. Um, Utah will do anything except give Jaquindon Jackson the ball. So apparently they're going to hand it off to the safety. Now rumor is that he's keeping this two way role. He's going to play both sides of the ball. Um, He's an all right defender, 23 tackles this season and an interception, um, kind of like a, a strong safety type, not really um, a ball hawk, but a, a tackler type type guy. Um, this is interesting. I mean, I think the Utah RB1 is a guy worth targeting, and if this offense can click, um, the RB1 is worth something. And I think they'll click against these worse Pac-12 defenses that they're going to.
0: Yeah. So I pulled up the game log, the box score, and Jaquina Jackson also had a good game. 22 yeah, carries, yeah. 94 yards, and touchdown. Bryson Barnes, the quarterback, ran it a little bit as well. Um, but, yeah, Sion Vaki, 10.5 a clip on a 72-yard rush. But even if you take that out, he still ran for 80 yards on 14 carries. So pretty impressive.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's
0: 6'0", 208
1: That'll get it done. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think it's fun. Um, can't wait to see. Do they play Colorado? Can we get Focke versus Hunter every single play of the game?
0: <laughs> I think they do play Colorado too, right? They have to
1: I think we both got one more. I'll take mine real quick. Uh, Brennan Presley, the Oklahoma State wide receiver. Um, Oklahoma State has finally figured something out, and it seems to be that they want to run the offense through Ollie Gordon and Brennan Presley. Um, Presley, 8 for 79 and a touchdown this week, added a 6-yard touchdown carry, turned into like a 30 fantasy point week. So um, Deshaun Stribling is out for the season. There's not really much else on this roster. I think Jaden Bray is pretty bad. Um, I don't think there's really anyone else worth mentioning. So I think Brendan Presley is just kind of forced into a role by default that makes him probably CFF relevant for the rest of the year. Although you're hitching your hopes to Alan Bowman at quarterback. So,
0: yeah, I just like, I was in on Presley like two years ago. (laughs) It's going to be a breakout. And it's just, you know. Just I get, Oklahoma State's just been a bad offense pretty much since then. So, yeah. um, you know, can't say the kids got a fair shake, right? But <laughs> yeah, look, love to see the concentrated uh, offensive tree. That's what yields fantasy dividends. Hopefully, you're right. I'm going to give it a week before I start sniffing around that tree personally. I still
1: have him in the limited way, really. So. <laughs>
0: Good for you. Uh, I have one last guy here. Not a new name to fantasy players, but maybe a thing. Uh, LaShawn Williams, uh, junior running back for Iowa, who had a brief moment where he looked like the guy last year and then kind of seemed like Caleb Johnson got the job. Well, it looks like it's swung back to LaShawn Williams. He is their leading rusher on the year, is running for almost uh, two and a half yards, a clip more than Caleb Johnson on nearly the same amount of carries. Um, And this week they played Wisconsin, which granted this is not the Wisconsin defense of years past. It still isn't a cupcake either. And he went 25 carries, 174 yards and a toddy. Uh, Sean Williams could be a thing.
1: What do you think? You got any water in that pot? Um. Yeah, I mean, I want the Iowa running back. I definitely want the Iowa <laughs> running back when they don't have a freaking passing game at all. Um, yeah. Whoever this guy is is getting 20 carries a game plus. So I think it's a worthwhile addition. Yeah, it seems like Caleb Johnson ain't it. That's fair. But, but, Gavin yeah, Williams so. wasn't in either.
0: No. no, he's had like one good game this year on whatever G5 team he's
1: on. Northern Illinois, I believe, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. We got some, some busts. 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 Um, Davis Brin is my first bust. The uh, Georgia Southern quarterback. 31-for-52, 271 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, negative 18 rushing yards. Who'd I was he be counting playing? on him against James Madison, and he did not do it. Tough to trust these G5 air raid guys against good defenses like JMU and Troy. Yeah,
0: not great. Uh I had a quarterback that was not great. It was Will Howard. And we've already talked about Avery Johnson good, Will Howard less good at least, maybe not bad. But uh yeah, he hurt me because I had him starting. I did not figure out that uh he was just getting benched. That's kind of on me, but man, that stung. I definitely lost a matchup against the number two team in my league, and now I'm the number two team in that league and not the number one team.
1: You could be the number three team, so look at the bright side. I got two more quarterbacks, um, a bad week to be a quarterback, um, and a bad week to be a quarterback in the Pac-12 specifically because I didn't even write down Caleb Williams. Um, but, yeah, Caleb Williams threw, like, four picks and scored, like, one touchdown. Um, but I did write what down Dante let go to ne- negative 3,500. 5- yeah. Uh, dante moore 14 433 165 one touchdown three interceptions against oregon state um, there's some rumblings that colin schlee might take the job back which would be quite you disappointing you can't do that <laughs> you just can't like you
0: gotta let the freshman play man like you put him out there you recruited the kid to be a star like you gotta let him play
1: yeah yeah i don't know We'll see what happens there. And then Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward, 22 for 30, 192, zero touchdowns and an interception against Arizona of all teams. Immediately Um, after we were talking about him resurrecting his NFL draft. Arizona blanked on it. It was like 44 to 6. And it was impossible to watch because it was on the Pac-12 network, which is on fucking nothing. But... (laughs) Weird things happen on the Pac 12 network. I don't know what's going on with Washington State. I wish I could have watched the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I hear you. I, I, uh, I actually I figured out how to get the Pac 12 network just for that first game. That first game, it <laughs> promptly dropped Fubu, which is the only place you can get it. We have California. Fubo, and
1: it wasn't on Fubo.
0: Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Who knows, man? It's a rough gig. Rough gig. Um, a couple of wide receivers. One of them, surprising. One of them, perhaps not. Luther Burden, two for 15. And my man, Kyle,
1: pointed out he took a shot in the jewels. He was also probable all week. So he was coming off also probable, a bit of an injury. Played in the game,
0: went in my fantasy lineup. <laughs> Catches 15 yards. That's usually like his stat line in the first three minutes of a game. The first, the first drive,
1: for first two plays.
0: Yeah, and then uh Jay Michael Sternavant, who again, Don why, is, more why is he of on game.
1: here? He's been on I here every know. week. If we could put him, just here. needed someone
0: else to put in here. Uh, Sternavant just has not been good for CFF. I still have some draft hopes just because the athleticism. Looking more like he comes back for a senior year, though, to me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The offense is going to have to figure something out if he's going to go. So, I yeah. agree. I got two more. Amani Bailey, the TCU running back. We talked about Hoover throwing 58 passes. The the rushing game was the uh ne- negated by that. Um 13 carries for 61 yards, one reception for 7 yards and a 33 point win. They threw the ball 60 times when they were up 30. I don't know what's going on in TCU, but if if Bailey's not getting work up 30, I don't know when he's going to get work. Yeah, That one I, is disappointing. I, I like Bailey. I am not as high on him as you are.
0: I think he's good. I don't think he's, like, too good at this point, but we'll talk and about then, that a little bit later.
1: Xavier Henderson, the Cincinnati wide receiver, opposite narrative. They got blown out. They were down 20. They only threw it to Henderson three times. He caught none of them. Um, Another donut in my lineups. I mean, Henderson and Bailey killed a couple of my teams together. At least he had, like, two points in the leagues where I get points for return yards. But... (laughs) Bet it. Uh, better than zero, yeah, I guess
0: <laughs> I'd stayed away from the Cincinnati guys We talked about that early on I was a little bit wary And for the most part, it's been the wrong call, right? Like, Henderson's been a really nice asset Mostly this year, but
1: Yeah, uh, I think you were wrong to stay away from Henderson Right, to stay away from Jones But right. I don't know what who he's throwing to If he's not throwing to Henderson I didn't really oh. to look that up <laughs> So we got
0: a book of an injury report for you. We we do this every week now. I know some of you guys are listening live. We appreciate it. We appreciate your support. Um, you know, try to save you some time, give you the scoop early in the week in terms of guys that you know aren't coming out, uh, you know aren't coming back for the game or that are coming back, so on and so forth. We got a stretch oh,
1: for the injury to report, so we don't get injured. stretch. Reading the injury freaking to report.
0: mouthful, man. We got like thirty names here, and these are like the guys that we had something useful to say about. Not even all the injured guys. So
1: the first, I'll read, I'll read it like worst. the, I'll read it like the end of a of a medication ad. <laughs> all right, if the first and the worst,
0: and just like the tight end apocalypse continues, we can get no reprieve. At this point, if you don't own Dallin Hooker, you're just broke.
1: You are broke. Brock Bowers. Stop. Don't out, mention it. Out for the season. You cursed him.
0: Now he's going to get hurt. Post you know, post postseason. Tightrope surgery. I saw five to six weeks. Um, but, yeah, man. I don't know. Like, all my best teams had Bowers. So,
1: this sucks. Sucks. You You just ruined it. There's not going to be a single tight end left. You mentioned Alan Holker, and now he's Alan <sighs> I did it out of spite for you. <sighs> I only got a couple of copies,
0: but yeah. Look, I I I don't even talk about it. I have teams that had Bowers, Lachey, Dads. <laughs> I'm like, just gone, just a big pile of steam and dog do at this point. So let's
1: move it on. Move it on. Too painful to do Yeah, I, I don't think Bowers is playing again in the regular season, and I um, would you.
0: He's not playing again in
1: college. Hmm, I don't know. I could see convulsed. him push for. Oh, the they
0: make the yeah. You're true. SEC yeah.
1: championship game and Natty and stuff. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, but that that is a big deal. I think Oscar Delp, true sophomore breakout. Here we go. Time. Somebody needs to do it. It's either going to be him or Dominic Lovett, who really gets the. Benefit. Love from it.
0: This.
1: Had a good game, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, Carson Beck's been playing well. He's going to have to throw it to somebody. So um, I think you look at Love it, you look at Rosemary Jackson, and you look at Delp and hope those guys can step up a little bit. Yeah. Um... And then talking about pass catchers, we'll go into the state of Washington back to back here. We'll start on the west side with Washington Huskies wide receiver. Jalen McMillan, he is meeting with doctors. He re-aggravated a previous leg injury. Um, he just cannot catch a break, it seems. He um, has missed, like, four games in a row now, maybe five. Um, but it looks like a senior season could be on the horizon for Jalen McMillan mm-hmm. um, and one where he's probably the last guy standing. I think Adunze is definitely gone, and I think Polk is making a case for himself. Um yeah, and then I think the, if
0: you're, I think if you're like not competing this year and you want to next year, you, you might be able to throw a low ball offer out there for him and, and get him for like, a, you know, a cheap piece that people can compete for now. Like my McMillan shares, if you offered me like a Gage Larvadane or something, like I, I'll take it if I need to win. I know McMillan's an NFL player, but he's not like a two guy unless he destroys next year. You know?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um. Lincoln Victor on the other side of Washington on the East side, he played this week for Washington state, but was still limited. He just, he played 28 of a 55 possible snaps. So, um, he's back. He wasn't really productive. Um, but nobody was really productive. So that's interesting. Um, Ball State tight end, Brady Hunt. Speaking of the tight end apocalypse, he hasn't played yet this season, but he will not play this season. He had a season-ending surgery on the injury that's kept him out all year. So hopefully he'll be back for next year and healthy, but not going to play this season. We talked about Luther Burden. Um, he had a quote-unquote groin injury, as you mentioned. Um, got hit in the boys. So... Unfortunate for him, but he did come back, and I think he'll play again next week for sure. Um, Tyron Smith, we also alluded to this one. Um, He hasn't played in two weeks. He played four games and then stopped playing, so it kind of seems like he's going to redshirt himself and try to transfer up again like he did last season. So Didn't work out too good last (laughs) time. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, Jaden DeLora, the Arizona quarterback, who we also – Briefly mentioned, he was uh, warming up in pregame. Seemed like he could could maybe be available, but they uh, they said even if he is available, he wouldn't have been the starter. Um, probably mostly due to the fact that he was like coming off injury, but there could be something about him just being straight up wally pipped by Noah Fafita and just not having a job once he's fully healthy. Uh, speaking of short quarterbacks that have been pretty good in college, Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback, um, still is suffering from that back injury. Um, it's been a tough yeah, he's carrying season for the team him. on his back. <laughs> Somebody needs to, because Jason Bean sure ain't. But sure ain't. Um, yeah, we—he's probably out again this week. So tough sledding for him and his CFF managers. Um, Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback, is day-to-day at the moment. Um, did he miss last week? Is that what happened? Did he did. It's a couple, three weeks, four weeks now. Oh, wow. Hurt in week three, I think. And they're still balling. Interesting. Um, Blake Watson, the Memphis running back, he's been really good this year. He is day-to-day as well. Um, Johnny Wilson, the Florida State wide receiver, probably out for next week. Um, So is that the the magic tell for when to play Keon Coleman? I mean, it wasn't week one, but (laughs) maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is now. I think you probably should, I guess. Um, Eric All. speaking of tight end apocalypse, uh, a knee injury to him this week. The, The guy who replaced Luke Lachey looked pretty good, injured as well. Um, doubtful for this week. I think this could end up being a more serious injury. It kind of looked like it was going to be, and then, but not a ton of news yet. Um, on a good note, Arizona State wide receiver Jordan Tyson back at practice this week. He's still at Arizona State, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so he could come back and play for them. Oh, he was formerly of Colorado. That's what happened. So Yeah, good freshman
0: um, breakout, like really yeah.
1: good data profile. Yeah, not much in the quarterback department for his teammates, though, so temper expectations. Um, Kobe Pesor, the UNC wide receiver, he has a broken foot. He's done for the season. Devontae Walker and Nate McCollum are the guys, and Walker scored his first UNC touchdown this week. So I think he's in for a good rest of the year. Caden Prescorn, the Ole Miss tight end, should play this week. If you're counting on him, that's unfortunate, but I understand. I'm counting on worse. Um, (laughs) Trey Harris, his his fellow teammate, is at wide receiver, probable for next week as well, so they should have both those guys ready to go. EJ Warner, suffering from a concussion. Did he not play this week? Is that correct? He was like a surprise Uh... inactive,
0: wasn't he? Yes, yeah. or he
1: got hurt early in the game, one or the other. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people expected him to play, and then he didn't. Was what happened. So that's unfortunate. Probably going to be back. I don't know. Max Johnson, the Texas A&M backup quarterback, was injured versus Tennessee. Not entirely sure what it was. It could just be, like, some soreness. He got. He was on the ground a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, very possible. They. Uh, it seems like his injury not huge. So, possible he comes back, but just if it is... my poor Evan Stewart. Jeez Louise. Yeah, he, it was a wrist injury. So, he played through it for the most part last week, but um, it's also like a, a situation where he could just be getting replaced anyway because he hasn't been particularly great. But the question Somebody
0: is, Connor Wagman, Robot Lay,
1: please. Robot League. Who was their third string quarterback? Them. Oh, it's. Oh, wait. No. Was Evers there? Is that what I'm thinking of? Uh, no, there's a guy
0: like that, though, that you're thinking of. You look that up. I will rattle off the rest of these real quick. Like, Chandler Morris, likely Wally Pipped, out for a month anyways. Benjamin Urosek, Stanford superstar tight end. carpentry no more information. Tanner Motakai, hand surgery. He's out for the season, Kyle? Yeah, um, out for the duration. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. for a and while. Then, uh, um, Braden, Texas A&M quarterback is Marcel Reed. Who I was thinking of. I was also athletic thinking of Eli King. Stowers, but he already transferred to New Mexico. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, read read uh, the athletic Nick Evers type guy. Who, Nick Evers was at Oklahoma anyway, but you know that type of guy who's not super super good. But I don't know. Um, yeah, Mordecai. Speaking of Nick Evers, Nick Evers is not the backup quarterback for Dana Mordecai. Like I had hoped, it is Braden Locke stepping in for the Wisconsin Badgers at quarterback. Uh, Matthew Golden, the Houston wide receiver, suffered a groin injury last Thursday. He went through um, practice on Friday, so he is questionable for Texas, probably going to play. Nate Noel, the App State running back, tweaked his ankle on just one carry last week. Uh, super unfortunate if you played him in CFF because he is not getting auto subbed for that performance, but still giving you a zero. Mm. Um, not sure what his status is going into next week. Um, Tyree Shelton, the Louisiana Tech running back, was hurt last Friday against Middle Tennessee. Um, not exactly sure what happened, but doesn't seem to be long term. And Louis and Tech is on a bye next week anyway, so he should be back for their next game. Jawar Jordan, the Louisville running back, um, not sure what happened there either, but he did leave that game with an injury pretty early on. So, an unfortunate performance for his bag holders. And um, we'll keep you updated if he misses some other weeks and if we learn what happened. Um, Emeka Egbuka, the Ohio State wide receiver, are 2024 consensus wide receiver two did not play last week, did not travel with the team, um, but avoided a serious injury according to Ryan day. So should be back in the next couple of weeks, if not this week.
0: Yeah. I had one particularly fun league where I'm a top four team and my starter was Jalen Daniels. His first auto sub, thank God for auto subs, by the way, (laughs) his first auto sub was EJ Warner and his second <laughs> auto sub was Tanner Mordecai.
1: <laughs> so that went well. Who are you starting this week? I'm trying to make a trade, I guess. I don't
0: know. <laughs> Dude, it's bad out there. No, I, I think I have um I think I have uh Oklahoma's on by this week, right? I have uh, uh, right? Gabriel.
1: Gabriel, yeah, yeah. So. I have uh, one team where I can't make any more waiver pickups and my only two starting quarterbacks right now are Keon Jenkins and Jaden Delora. Yeah. But trade in for a brother. <laughs> Nobody get out can trade, trade with get, me. Get hustling. Plus it's not even tra- worth it at this point. I think I'm two and four. But oh you suck. If you suck, it's stupid. the only league fun. where I suck.
0: Yeah, well, it's a fun opportunity to trade away some of your upperclassmen that are productive, try to get some picks.
1: Straight up in the draft. Speaking next of year. picks, we're talking rookie picks, not rookie freshman picks. picks. And we got a, we got some guys we want to bring up. We got some guys, some early flag plants in the 2024 draft class. I think we each picked one guy at all four positions. I picked two guys at running backs because I because you're selfish. I'm selfish. selfish and I need to be different. Yes. <laughs> You are exactly correct. That is exactly what I was going to say. But, yeah, we got some interesting guys. I'll start with quarterback, I guess. I got Michael Pratt is my guy at the quarterback position. I think this is a guy who's going to rise up draft boards when he goes to the Senior Bowl and when he gets in front of NFL scouts. I think this kid is a gamer. Um, He just (laughs) constantly makes plays for Tulane. In this game that we're seeing on screen right now, if you're watching live, he uh, took on USC in last year's Cotton Bowl, and Tulane ended up winning that game. It was a huge performance from him. Well, legitimately, it was a huge performance from TyJ Spears, but Michael Pratt did lead a very impressive game-winning drive to beat USC by a point in last year's Cotton Bowl. Yeah, um, we actually rolling 2022 season highlights right now, so these no. will
0: be in there. There will be a lot of other nice stuff,
1: too. Um, and then la- this year, through four games, he's only played four games. He missed weeks two and three because of an injury. Um, struggled a little bit in week four coming back from that injury. But um, through four games, 65 for 92, good for 70.7% completion percentage. Uh, PFF's adjusted completion percentage puts him at 75.3%. So when you account for drops, he looks even, even better. Uh, 926 yards through those four games. So averaging a, a healthy like 260, 270 type. Um, or I guess that's 240, but yeah. You know. And then nine touchdowns in those four games to just one interception. He's took care of the ball, um, moved the offense as they should, and has his team winning games. They are um A one-loss team this season, their one loss coming to Ole Miss with Pratt out. So um, he's just a guy who's been a winning games for the past two seasons. I mean, Tulane was a top-ten team at the end of last year. I think there's absolutely a path where they could be that again this year. And um, if he plays in a Cotton Bowl again, he's getting getting NFL eyes as a true senior. So I think um, he's a guy who just has a ton of tools – um he's athletic enough to play nfl quarterback he has a big arm um and he just like makes plays out of structure and but is also pretty good at making the plays in structure so i think michael pratt's a guy who who rises up draft boards
0: yeah i love it and i i'm on pratt too i think i did trade him away to you in a league did i do that yes i mean him away to Me somebody jazz. but yeah i think i got people I wanted more um a <laughs> yeah, deal so
1: Logan Thomas I think Christian Logan Kirk Thomas no Christian that was Kirk. no I think that was the CMC deal where we got yeah. yeah yeah anyways um
0: oh yeah yeah it was yeah it was definitely CMC I was like yeah I wouldn't have traded Pratt for Logan Thomas. <laughs> I'm I would sad enough to see Eggbuka go on that deal, but I, it, uh, Christian Kirk's just 27-year-old Mecca Buka, to be fair. So look, uh yeah, Pratt, you said it like arm strength, escapability. Uh he's careful with the ball. And I think that's one of those things that it's easy to overlook as like a fantasy football guy. Um, but the NFL teams care about a heck of a lot. Um, yeah, I'm with you. He's what a got tish. a shot. <laughs> That was a nice one, right? Uh, he, he, he certainly has a shot. I think he's got the traits, um, the pressure to sack ratio. I'd, I'd like to see a little better, but um, it's not terrible. Um, but, you know, I I think he's a senior bowl guy, right? And he's mm-hmm. a guy that could get on the field with, with the other guys out there. And and I think you'll learn a lot about him during that week. Like, what's he look like when he's playing against, uh, a, you know, NFL caliber defensive end and throwing yeah. to, you know, wide receivers that are a notch above what he's had to work with. And that's my yeah. last thing. That I, I mean, he did
1: that. almost beat Oklahoma two years ago as well. And then obviously beat USC last year. So um they've done well in the games where they've played top competition. Um Did they play Ole Miss last year as well?
0: Um, I think they did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I think he played pretty well in that game too. I was disappointed that he had to miss, the game against Ole Miss this year, I think that would have been big for his resume. But um.
0: yeah, some nice throws here. He puts a lot of zip on the ball. Ball placement's great, like leading his bright receivers in strides. Granted, this is a highlight reel, right? <laughs> we are not watching game film. Um, so you know, if you're if you're out there on YouTube watching this right now, don't get too excited about highlights. Go watch actual game film cut ups. Um, but for our purposes of talking about it on a show, highlights sure are fun.
1: Yeah, he's also a guy who who throws it downfield consistently. Um, he has an 11-yard ADOT this year and a career ADOT of 9.7. Um, we love to see that number above 10. Um, so I think uh, he's definitely willing to push the ball downfield, and that's what we like to see as well. Yeah. Okay. I think it's uh, enough on Pratt. You agree? Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll take it so... to your much worse quarterback
0: possibly, I think we'll, you know, again, we'll find out a lot about both these guys in the draft process. So this is a guy, again, this isn't, he's not my top quarterback, but he's a guy I want to talk about because he does not get really any draft buzz. And yet he has some really nice data points it's because his he profile. looks like he
1: looks like this knife. He's about that thin. Yeah, if you turn he's, him sideways, uh, he disappears. Not the most
0: robust quarterback, and uh, and that's mean and hurtful. You're skinny people shaming, Kyle. Good. uh, They deserve it. uh, So we're we're talking about Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, uh, having just ridiculous year this year, following up on a good year last year. Last year he performed a level neither one of us thought he was really capable of doing, and this year he has built on that. 412 attempts, 2,293 yards. Yes, that is over 10 yards an attempt. That is nice. 22 to 3 touchdown interception ratio. Got a couple of nice weapons out there, but let's listen to some of his advanced metrics here, not to drown you guys in data. Hey, if you want to listen to the data, watch the nice game film we provided for you. That's fun too. Uh, His adjusted completion percentage when you take out drops. 81.2%. 81.2%. That's pretty damn good. Uh, 135.6 NFL QBR leads all quarterbacks with at least 180 dropbacks, but that's starting quarterbacks, right? Um, 7.7% big-time throw percentage. That is sixth in that same group. Only 2.2% turnover-worthy plays. That is 66th in that same group. Not the lowest number, but... Certainly a good number. Again, you talked about having an ADOT of at least 10. Uh, 10.2 is 22nd uh, amongst, you know, starters. Uh, you know, that's a lot of good stats, man. That's, he's, he's building himself a data profile that I think might well uh, do very well in my QB model. And my QB model the past few years has been absolute fire. It has been on fuego. Um, very few guys it's liked that weren't successful, right? I think the last guy that was in my top tier that wasn't successful was, uh, what's the kid that passed away? Haskins. Uh, Washington. Yeah. Haskins was the last guy that I liked. Um, so a a lot of good, don't get me wrong. Some ugly with Jaden Daniels as well. Obviously, as you said, he is slight for the position that might single handedly, uh, keep him from being really a first round guy. Um, And then this is a stat that you and I both care a lot about pressure to sack ratio, because it tells us how good he is about making those decisions under pressure, getting rid of the ball when he wants to get rid of the ball, when he needs to get rid of the ball and not playing hero ball. And he has gotten ugly 23.9%. You and I were shaming shader Sanders over a number, very comparable to that. That is something that absolutely has to change. If he's going to play on Sundays, at all, uh, and I think for me that was one of the big red flags about Malik uh, Willis. You know, not that Malik Willis's data profile was good otherwise, but that was the big thing for me about him that you could look to and be like, "This is not an NFL quarterback." So, is Jaden Daniels a top five quarterback in this class? Could be. I don't think there's really like could be by default, yeah. By default, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's not really elite talent outside of the top two. There's a few other guys that have some really elite traits, but just haven't been able to put the full profile together or have massive red flags like Phoenix, just the injury history, the size with Phoenix. He's not much bigger than Jaden Daniels. You know, Jaden Daniels at least had that mobile quarterback profile. 40 attempts this year, 612 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. I mean, he's averaging almost 100 yards a game on the ground. It's like 80-something. Uh, you know, and we know the NFL is just drooling over uh rushing quarterbacks, so I, I do think the NFL is a little bit measurable, so fixated, unless a guy has really just provided like all world type production, which Jaden Daniels isn't quite in that bucket for me yet. But damn, I mean, that that is some nice stats that he's put up so far this season and really elevated a team. Uh, didn't really look so good at the start of last season. Uh, I think you got your big knocks out. I mean, do you got anything to hate on him other than just the size and the pressure to sack?
1: Um, I think he benefits from this offense being significantly better than quite a few of the teams he's played. Yeah. Um, like when he's not playing like Florida State or whatever, he's like kind of just stands there. Um, and like, nobody's gonna stop him from standing there because like the LSE line is good, and hmm. um, people get open when you can just kind of stand there for a while. So, um, yeah. I think that's been a lot of it.
0: Yeah. So I think we'll we'll learn a lot about him in the draft process. I assume he's coming out. He's got to come out. I think Pratt.
1: I think he legally has to. Yes. Yeah, he's a
0: fifth-year player this year, yeah.
1: Daniels. I think yeah. Pratt has a COVID year, if he wants it. If he wants Pratt it, but I think, a...
0: Pratt, I think Pratt gets to like at least – if he's not around one quarterback, he's a day-two quarterback, and like that's a good outcome for him as a G5 quarterback, right? Like You should uh-huh. take that opportunity. Yeah. He's not going to increase his draft capital much. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Daniels has is, is thrown some nice deep balls, made some nice throws in the move this year. Like you said, the standing in the pocket thing might be a sign that he's uh not not gonna make it at the next level. But um I think I also don't think to- he's
1: like an amazing athlete. I think he can run at the college level, but I don't think he has this rushing ability in the NFL.
0: He's not Kyler Murray, he's not he's not Jalen Hurts, he's no not Anthony Richardson. <laughs> no, no one's Anthony Richardson except for <laughs> Anthony Richardson and Cam Newton. So. And, and Trey um, Lance.
1: But was Treelance that athletic? Almost. I, I don't think he was. It's the closest thing like we that. had until Anthony Richardson.
0: Until Anthony Richardson, yeah. Um, okay. I think enough said about Jaden Daniels. Let's move on.
1: You want both my running backs?
0: Uh I was gonna do
1: one and then I'll talk and then you can talk. Okay, I'll do. I'll do one. I'll do the one I'm more excited about. Ray Davis, the Kentucky running back. No, answer. no, no.
0: I have the film queued in order. Oh
1: it. my god! It's fine. No, no, Ray Davis, fine. you're good. You're fine. good.
0: You're good. I got it. Hey, adjusted. Don't worry about it, dude. Don't worry about. It. Don't, worry about it. Don't worry about little old Eric
1: calling out. Calling an audible. Um, the Kentucky running back, former Vandy running back, former Temple running back. Um, 110 carries this year for 778 yards and eight touchdowns. The counting stats are pretty fantastic already, um, but the you dig a little deeper and the stats still look really good. He has 7.1 yards per carry, which is tied for second in the SEC, 18th in the country. He has 34 missed tackles forced per PFF, which is tied for fifth in the Power Five, first in the sec he has 12 breakaway runs which is tied for fourth in the power five breakaway run being a run of 15 yards or more he's averaging 4.44 yards after contact per attempt which is good for seventh in the power five and then he has 14 receptions for 194 yards through the air good for 1.49 yards per route run which is pretty impressive for a running back and an A dot above zero, which means he's not nothing. Um, and he's just a guy who like has a good size speed mix. Um, I don't think he's like he's not like the perfect size by any means, but um, he he has enough speed for his frame. That's pretty impressive. And he he runs in multiple ways. He gets it done with power and with agility. Um, and I think he can be used in both phases of the game. So I think he's a running back that's really climbing the ranks this year and benefiting from a lot of other guys having a down year this season. So
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I'm a huge Ray Davis fan. I've been trying to trade for him, uh, not with only CFF intent, but believing that he has an NFL future. I think if he's not a day two back, he's like around for a round four guy. Uh, and I, and I think that's pretty locked in because it's not just that he's piling up stats, he's piled up stats against like superior defenses.
1: Uh, but he, he ran on Georgia, right? Like Florida, Florida he ran
0: Florida, for right? yeah.
1: like 300 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, just
0: you know, really, you know, nice performances. His elusive rating, which I am a fan of, is, is really high, it's 143. I mean. Pretty much anything over like a buck 20, bucks 30 is like a damn good number. Um yards per out run 1.49. Like for a running back, that is a good number, you know. Um, really just a lot to like about Ray Davis. Uh and you know, the NFL is in a lot of ways a what have you done for me lately, League, when it comes to the draft boards. So I I do think guys like Rocket Um or who I was having a conversation with
1: somebody, and like I think there's a strong possibility <laughs> Rocket comes back next year. Yeah, yeah I, I was play. having the conversation on Twitter. It was us, know. I think. <laughs> he's he's played two that games. Us. We had
0: the conversation about five hours ago. Uh yeah, I, he he has not risen. Travion Henderson still hasn't really fulfilled his promise as a work course, running back. So all these guys that we thought were going to be like pushing into the back of the first round or like, you know, 202, 203 type picks, just aren't getting there. And uh, it's definitely opened up some space on the draft board, in my opinion, for the Ray Davis of the world. And for – What's up? Trey Benson? Trey Benson. Trey Benson actually ran well the last couple of weeks, though. So I think his demise – I'm saying like
1: he's – gonna benefit from these other guys falling
0: oh yes i i agree um
1: yeah
0: although he, he hasn't had a good season in the last couple of weeks either Been like but he's made up to, for it
1: quickly yeah
0: yes yeah, had case. a couple of really good games in a row uh i mean that helps um yeah just a shame that he hasn't been able to like shed the uh the committee there um hmm. but yeah it's had a couple of nice games that have I think it helped him a little bit. We're talking about a guy now with a really similar data profile to Ray Davis, but two years younger and I think maybe even a little bit bigger, right? I mean, Audrick Estimé Notre Dame is a big, bad man. 5'11", 227. That is, you are about as wide as you are tall then. Um, I feel like he's actually taller than 5'11 though. He often looks like he's maybe more like 6'0 or even 6'1.
1: Like these numbers might not
0: hold at the combine.
1: So I'm calling it right now. What, what's up? Are these highlights? Because these highlights stink.
0: It's not highlights. It's been, <laughs> been, been forced This is, is an actual long game long. film. Not highlights, <laughs> as I was saying before. Um, and let's see. I, I think I have the stats up for this game. Here's a game. He took 14 carries for 70 yards. Um, So maybe not his most hey, exciting most game, but <laughs> anyways, Audric Estime. So on the he has had a couple of really big games. 126 carries, 787 yards, nine touches in eight games. He was going for 4.22 yards after contact per attempt a shade lower than Ray Davis, but 39 missed tackles for us, more than Ray Davis, 11 catches for 93 yards. And really we want to see a certain volume of pass catching. And he's kind of trending towards that. You really want at least 20, 25 passes, uh, receptions. I I, I like over 40, but like 20, 25, at least tells you to do it. I do like the efficiency though, too. Efficiency in pass catching, it's very important at the running back position. You want to see a guy that can be explosive with it.
1: Where is it's he? To with the where is he catching the ball? Where is he catching the ball? His 8 odds is zero point three. So yeah, acceptable. Cringles. Well, anything above zero is better at least than below he, at least zero. He caught some
0: slants, there's some flat yeah,
1: but yeah, yeah. You, know, I, I would love my personal like love is one zero is like acceptable.
0: Yeah. And, and and I'll say this, I, I, what really sold me on estimate for uh, as being an NFL back was so a few weeks ago, I think two, three weeks ago, I think three weeks ago now. And uh, and it was a breakaway run up the right sideline. And just, he had like 40 yards with defensive backs running behind him, not being able to catch him. And I said, Damn, I think he's pretty fast, you know, like, they, they you know, they, they say if you're, I assume these weren't the fastest defensive backs, but I, I i looked at that and I was like, he's at least running like a four or five, you know, at least. And at 227 pounds, if you run a four or five, like that's very athletic, very. I mean, that's like a, than David Montgomery or James Conner at the same size. Uh, Those are guys who've been very successful NFL backs. They're also guys that caught a few more passes, but had similar data profiles in college in terms of just being tackle-breaking machines and piling up yardage and touchdowns. So I think there's a lot to be excited about for this young man's future.
1: I have a comp. I comp. I, I think he's Isaiah Pacheco with draft capital. Pacheco was real fast, though, right? Yeah, but they both run really fast in a straight line and don't move quickly laterally.
0: Yeah, I just I don't think Pacheco breaks tackles quite at the clip SMA does, but yeah, like I don't hate that
1: at all. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of SMA. I don't. I think the like I think it's an insane lack of lateral movement. Like, you watch his film and there's like no jukes. He just runs into somebody and then just keeps running through them. But sure, you can do that against guys who aren't gonna play in the NFL. The Vita Vea is not gonna get you're not gonna get six yards running through Vita Vea. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm not a huge SMA fan. I think he's kind of one dimensional, but um I do think it is trending to where he will have draft capital. I do think that's gonna be interesting. But I don't think I'm gonna be the one who's biting in rookie drafts. I honestly,
0: he's he's like a second round pick. I don't think you have to spend much. <clears throat> um, I just I, we're actually in the middle of a dynasty nerds rookie draft right now, and it's uh, interesting to say the least. Where players <laughs> are going. Blake Corum went ahead of estimate. Raheem Sanders went at hundred five. Two hundred five. Hmm. Well, oh, I didn't realize Troy Franklin was still on the board. I would have taken him over. Yesterday. My we'll, bad. We'll dudes. move on.
1: Um, I got like I said, I got two running backs. Um, this other guy is a guy that I wanted to bring up because he's near and dear to my heart, <laughs> and I think he's pretty good. I think he's better than the stats suggest, and that is Tennessee running back Jalen Wright. Um, kind of took over the lead of this three-headed monster they got with uh, him and Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson mixing in. So um, he has 80 carries this season for 570 yards and a just one touchdown. He's averaging 7.1 yards per carry, the same number as Ray Davis, so also tied for second in the SEC, tied for 18th in college football. 23 missed tackles force, which puts him at fourth in the SEC. 13 breakaway runs, which leads the SEC and is third in the power five. So he's a guy who um, is hitting those home runs. Um, I mean, 13 breakaway runs and just 80 carries is pretty impressive. Obviously, this offense kind of lends itself to those a little more than some others, but um, he is getting through the line and getting past people. So impressive there. And then 3.69 yards after contact per attempt. That is um, more than good enough for what we like to see, I believe. And then through the air, um, pretty disappointing. 10 receptions for 58 yards. He can catch a football, but he cannot catch a football past line of scrimmage. I don't think he has a single target past line of scrimmage. <laughs> he is currently averaging a A dot of negative 3. So, um you know, purely getting the passing volume as an extension of the run game. So not really a receiving threat. But um, I think he's just a good runner of the football and he makes men, guys miss and he he uh, finds the hole and I think he accelerates really well. So I, I like Jalen Wright quite a bit. Yeah. I think he's, it um,
0: he reminds me a little bit of like uh, Daryl Henderson with a little bit more like a wiggle
1: yeah you
0: know like a little taller but like kind of explosive um straight line guy
1: yeah i think um uh pretty i i think he's a little limited in the nfl but i i do think he's going to be a guy who will find himself getting some snaps and some carries in the nfl um Yeah, I think he'll be the lightning
0: guy in a committee. You know, that's what I I think his role is going to be. He's going to be the, you know, change of pace guy, something like that. Although it's tough to be like a really productive change of pace guy if you're not also the third down back. And I think he's more likely like just the change of pace guy to the primary first and second down back.
1: Yeah, but I, I think he's like one of those change of pace guys who could be productive if that first guy went down. Uh, yeah. For sure. Henderson after Akers was hurt, you know. Yeah. You know, Pollard Light. I don't think he's as dynamic as Pollard,
0: but yeah. same same idea. I mean, that's Pollard was Zeke's change of pace guy. So okay. I don't want to get too stuck on the running backs. We got a lot to talk about here still. So, so I guess I guess we flipped the order now, and now okay. we're talking about my wide receiver oh, first. Okay. We can talk about mine first. Okay. I'll talk about mine first. <laughs> so, my wide receiver I want to talk about this is a guy. thinks a sneaky riser. I Didn't really fit the profile of the guy that I would usually be very excited about. I love production. I love multiple years of production. I love early production. And Trey Harris offers me none of those things. <laughs> and yet, I, I do think he's an interesting player. I do think he's a guy that gets draft capital if not like day two draft capital but he's a guy that i think could like just dominate at the senior bowl and really have that like josh palmer ish kind of you know draft day uh outcome you know uh wind up you know wind up getting drafted higher than people think he should but i think he's got some traits that will endear him to an nfl team um Mostly, the kid's a downfield weapon. Uh, Let me rattle off some stats at you while we roll this sweet, sweet highlight film. Uh, 4.8 yards per run. That is just a stupid number. I will say it's a little bit of a small sample size. He's played five games. He has only caught 17 passes for 367 yards, stick touchdowns, missed a little bit of time this year but has been, like, really dynamic when he's been on the field. Uh, 13.4 A dot, so he is, like, you know, he catches some intermediate passes, but he's mostly a downfield guy. Uh, 10.6 yards after the catch per attempt. Um, I think you see it a little bit here. He's just fighting for yards. He's a guy that has some legit athleticism. I mean, you don't get that kind of yards after the catch without having – some juice, as Kyle mm-hmm. would say. Um, 21.6 yards per reception. That's a stupid number. And he's excelled both against zone coverage and man coverage. I love that. Uh, shows a guy that can really operate in, in different ways and uh, can't easily be taken out by you know one scheme or the other. 4.15 yards per outrun against man. 4.8 uh, against zone. Um, so there's a really nice data profile he's building. The Knox, obviously, like I said, I no early production, no early breakout, those are big, big sins on a data profile for me. But the NFL cares about that stuff a heck of a lot less than I do. I mean, this is a kid that's going to have a nice draft process and get drafted higher than all of Debbie dynasty heads would ever have thought a few months ago. What do you think about Harris so far, Kyle?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he he was really productive last year, wasn't he not? I think he had close to 100 receptions last year at Louisiana Tech. Um, obviously, a totally different oh. offense and a totally different um, – Yeah, no, he had 925 yards at La Tech. You're
0: right. Yeah. You're right. Actually, he's a sophomore breakout, so he does have a nice data profile because the 584 yards must have been at least a 20% share there. So I I take back all the bad stuff (laughs) I said. Harris has a nice data profile. Um, And actually, I think he's played out wide a bit this year too Uh, because at La Tech, I think he was mostly a power slot. Let me see if I can. He's on the smaller side, isn't he? No, 6'2", 205. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a guy that has like a nice looking profile. Yeah. Playing almost exclusively out wide. So, that's that's a valuable profile to the NFL. I say it right now. He's a round three wide receiver.
1: Hey, helmet scouting. He's Jonathan Mingo. <laughs> he's better than Mingo. Mingo's. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mingo's like.
0: Without the he's he's Trey, without the actual like dynamism, right?
1: Like Mingo is just big, strong, fast guy. (sighs) He's been all right this season. I have some Mingo, and I'm not too too terribly disappointed. My wide receiver feels kind of obvious. He's been a guy that like a lot of people are starting to latch on to now, and I think they should because, like you said, he has everything that we want to see early production, multiple years of production multiple teams of production, and that is the Colorado State wide receiver, Tori Horton, started his career at Nevada with Jay Norvell, um, is ending his career at Colorado State with Jay Norvell. Um, but his freshman season, he had 20 receptions for 336 yards and five touchdowns, um, and then in 2021, 659 and five touchdowns, and then really broke out last year as a junior, with 1,131 receiving yards, eight receiving touchdowns, he continues to just put up some great numbers this season, as he already has 58 receptions for 689 yards and six touchdowns. Folks, we've he's played six games. Um, he's still got six on the schedule and probably a bowl game. There is a path where he ends up at 1,500 receiving yards between regular and postseason, so... Um, he's a guy who's having a a great, great year, um, is like the focal point of this offense, and has done it against some decent competition. Um, they played up against Washington State, he went 9 for 81, they played up against Colorado, he went 16 for 133 and one. obviously Travis Hunter missed uh, a large portion of that game, so he wasn't like beating him man to man or anything, but um, still impressive against the Pac 12 team. And then this week they played Boise State, really their their main competition in the Mountain West. Um, and he went 10 for 129. So another strong performance from Tory Horton. He's a guy who's just like shown great hands near the sideline, made a lot of catches like that one we just saw where he's, you know, toe drag and um, just making a good play. Catches the ball away from his body, gets open, um, has. The requisite athleticism. I think um, he's a guy who will have a long career on Sundays out of Colorado State. So good size too, six foot two, one ninety. Maybe a little slim, but um, I I like him a lot.
0: Yeah, it's been a production monster here, and like you said, decent size. I like that he's played both inside and out. Uh, mm-hmm. Versatile wide receiver certainly has the capacity to play the boundary. Uh, and has also gotten moved in a lot, too. And I'm wondering if that coincides. Yeah. I say, I wonder if they moved him inside more in more difficult matchups. It looks like maybe Boise State, he had thirty one percent of his snaps inside. So it looks like they've just moved him inside more as the year has gone on. Um, but yeah, man, I think Horton's a definite riser up boards. He's four year player as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of expected mostly when you're a g5 guy yeah so um yeah I generally'm out on g5 guys for the NFL um uh, I don't know I feel pretty positive about Horton right now I just i think it's the recent track record of G5 guys has left me stinging a little bit really sky <laughs> Moore was was a tough pill to swallow uh, is there anyone else that's got me bad lately I, I don't think so but really uh, it's Rashi rice um rashi has been a decent dude yeah yeah he's i, I actually i was i went on him just because like really no significant like he had flashes early but nothing world beating until his senior year i mean that's like you know you were three years older than some of the guys you're playing at that point but he's been probably the best Chiefs receiver. That's damning with faint praise after, you know, other than Kelsey, obviously. But I think he's got a real future in the NFL, and I can't say that about anyone else playing that position for the Chiefs right now. I think the rest of them are going to get worked out pretty quickly. However, it seems like the Chiefs are determined to follow in the footsteps of Bill Belichick and the Patriots and just give their all-world quarterback a big bag of dog
1: poo to throw to. But also the greatest tight end of all time. So, also the greatest (laughs) tight end of all
0: time. Got a little
1: bit. Speaking of tight ends, we'll move on to tight ends, and I do want to mention really quick. um, I think Dallin Holker, Torrey Horton's teammate, is the very obvious choice here. But I think we're both kind of avoiding it because he is the obvious choice. Too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. He feels like the tight end two or three in this class. Well, three behind Bowers and Sanders at this point. So. I'm a better season than Sanders, but I think Sanders athleticism. Yeah, Sanders said Texas. Ability. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Just just gets so weird. Although two dude, I'll say as a, as a Sanders manager, two weeks in a row with one reception. It's freaking <laughs> awful out there.
1: Well, we do have guys lower than him, lower than Holker that we want to talk about. And my guy is Jaheem Bell, the Florida State tight end, former South Carolina tight end, definitely on the smaller side at six foot three, one or two, uh, 39, um, more of a move tight end type guy. But I think if he can find a role in the NFL where he is listed as a tight end and is actually a slot wide receiver, I think he's talented enough to do that. And, um, that is a very fantasy relevant role, albeit he's not really a tight end. Um, so I like Jaheim Bell a lot. He has that kind of athleticism that puts him like in those tiers of wide receivers. He I think he really is just a big wide receiver. Um 10.48 this season, 1.82 yards per reception, 11 yards after the catch per reception. Mm. Um so he's a super athlete. Um gets the ball down the field and behind the line of scrimmage and just makes plays once he gets it. Uh, 14 for 280 for 238 and two so far this season. Um, So a little bit limited on the production, but um, we'll probably end up with close to 600 yards a season. Um, And I think he's a pretty dang good player.
0: I'm just messing up the film here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I was trying to find some more because it was kind of short. So, uh, yeah, look, a Jet Jaheim Bell is a guy that I like more for the NFL than for college. I think the past few years, he's a guy that we were on like two years ago, right? Like mm-hmm. early breakout, had some really nice games. Now, where was he playing? South Carolina. He's in South Carolina, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um he just never seemed to build on it in the way we wanted but the athleticism was always there on display i mean he's a guy that's like that hvac role where like literally he can run the ball as a running back yeah and and look convincing doing it um so i i dude, a tight end more than anything else i like athleticism for data i like yards after the contact um yards after the catch like more than almost anything else and that and just pure yards per route run, raw production at the tight end position. And he has all of that in spades. I mean, that is just a stupid yards per route run number. And honestly, 10.4 a dot. it's a nice, like, downfield role for him, too, where a lot of these guys you'll see uh, lower than that. Even Brock Bowers, 6.1, right? Like, Brock Bowers yeah. is just killing the world on, like, uh, uh on, like slants, right? <laughs> like slants and quick outs, and like just that's that's what he's doing. And it makes sense, he's a speedster size, but uh, you know, Jaheim Bell is playing a little bit of a different role than that. And man, if he can put it all together and impress some coaches and get on the field, he's a guy that I think could have a real future.
1: Yeah, I think he's a guy who's probably going to be more impressive for fantasy than he is for the NFL. Um, he's going to be a guy who like gets drafted behind, you know. Like Ben Sinat, but we're more excited about Jaheem Bell than Ben Sinat because Jaheem Bell has legit athleticism. Um, well, Ben Sinnott's like can actually block somebody while Jaheem Bell probably can't. But um in terms of catching the ball, we'd rather have the athleticism than the blocking ability. And that's what gets his yeah. fantasy points. So I, I think you're right. I think it's a likely outcome. Like I don't think he's a day two
0: draft pick, but I think he could be must say, he's Mark Andrews, but the Mark Andrews to Hayden Hurst, right? Like the guy that's like a fifth round pick, but gets on the field, and is exciting to watch. Uh, you know, maybe right away, like the guy that's a day three pick, but gets training camp hype, and then we find him on the field in week two, and he just houses a ball. Um, but I think that the size is gonna, because he's not, he's not like full sized for NFL. I think that's gonna keep him from getting top end draft capital unless he can run like a four or five or something, which I don't think he can. Uh, at least he could though. I wouldn't really be that shocked. Would you?
1: I wouldn't No, Four or five. I think it's definitely within reach. Within reach. Yeah.
0: If he runs a four or five, then it's like, it's on, it's all bets off. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that's super likely, um, but I do think he's a guy that is worth investing in now where he's like pretty free. And he might help you on the college side. Um, Like I've got him as like a throw-in for trades, honestly, and um, you know, tight end. Every year we see these guys that like no one really values in Debbie and in CFF, and then they're like, boom! Now, now they're you know, date you know, date round three NFL picks, and they're you know, yeah. um, Those
1: are those are mostly the blocking guys, but
0: well, I mean, even like. I guess Kate Auten we cared about for CFF, but on Debbie, no one liked him. And Kate Auten's useful. Luke Musgrave had hype, I guess, coming on, but um, uh, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta didn't have, like, Debbie community hype. He was, like, tight in five, five. No one had Debbie, uh, as we led up to the draft. But I'm saying, the year before, yes, he was scoring points for college football, but he had, like, no, no draft buzz.
1: no. Here everybody had him in their top 10 d- tight ends cuz he went to yeah, iowa top
0: 10. yeah top 10 no one was like oh he's going to be the freaking tight end three in dynasty next year which he is
1: that's i guess
0: okay so moving on talk about my guys uh i i, I selected aid stover uh ohio state i think he Probably is a top five tight end in this draft. That might be consensus. You don't really hear it yet so much, but um, he's been productive. He's been I, think that's, I
1: think that's consensus again uh, by NFL guys, but not by fantasy guys. I think not that's, by fantasy guys. That's how it should be. Yeah.
0: Um, he's a good player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, like with the war of attrition, he might be like the second or third best tight end left standing for CFF at this point. Um, so not a world beating amount of production, but 23 catches, 359 yards through six games. That's you can have a six or seven hundred yard season here for sure. Only three touchdowns so far. But just like with Jaheen Bell, he's got some of the stats that we we really like and we really like to look for here. 8.6 yards after contact or yards after the catch per reception, a 2.41 yards per outrun. I mean, those are, like, really interesting numbers. Uh, the fact that Bell has a yak over 10 is just nuts. It's absurd. Only him and Jatavian do on the whole list of, like, the top 20 tight ends right now. Uh, it's just dumb. But a 2.4 um, yards route run for a tight end is phenomenal. Again, only a couple of guys uh, in this season have hit that mark. Brock Bowers leading the pack with 3.0, which is just Stupid. You just don't even see that. Stover's a guy that Ohio State sees fit to lean on, right? And that maybe that's uh, partly a factor of McCord being a little bit more vertically challenged than um, some of the quarterbacks they've had there of late. But um, Stover's been a huge part of this offense. I'm going to see if I can click through and get the Ohio State stats. Uh. No, it's being a pain in the butt, but uh, anyways, I, I, I don't want to dwell on him that much, but I think he's a guy that is going to have a role in the NFL. He's going to get drafted. He's probably going to get drafted in the second or third round, Probably the third round of the draft. If not, it's going to be like, high day three, um, you know, w- w- typical size. He's like the prototype. He's like six, 250 pounds. <laughs> There's not much to dislike about him from a Debbie standpoint.
1: For sure. All right. What? I, We're almost done. wire? Yes. Yeah, waiver
0: wire. Waiver wire, waiver wire, waiver wire. So Kyle said to waver, me, waiver, waiver, waiver. Waiver, waiver, waiver wire, waiver wire. He said there's nothing on the waiver wire this week. And I said, Kyle, that's not so. There's some gems out there. You just gotta dig. You gotta dig sometimes. So as per usual, my top claims this week are the guys that just Ought not to be out there. Um, Arliss Boardingham, we told you to pick up last week. He went off again. You know, I don't think anyone was calling it that he was going to really be a thing for CFF right now. But look, the kid keeps catching seven balls a game. Like he's a thing, you know. Um, and he's definitely a thing for Debbie because he has athleticism, he has size, he should be rostered. Um, I had a couple other guys that are kind of in that category, but not so much for Debbie, but for CFF. One is Xavier Restrepo of uh, Florida. Kyle's at Miami. 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 Um, another big day. Uh, just he's been super productive all year. Um, right? Did he have a bad game this week?
1: No. Um, I don't think so.
0: No, Xavier. Someone did though, right? You would have bought Henderson. Yeah, yeah. It's getting confused. Xavier Restrepo, not Xavier Henderson. Another good game. And then Joey Hobart, who Kyle's been telling you to pick up since, like, June when we did our show for Texas State, um, has just been dominant. It's another 100-yard performance by him. Look, these guys are going to cost you a dollar or two, and they might help you win the CFF championship. And then I had a couple kind of more Devy CFF Dynasty picks for you. Josh Hoover we talked about earlier. TCU, 400-plus yards, first start, freshman. Get him on your squad. had two really deep dives that I think are pretty interesting. One is Devin McQuinn, um, true freshman at UTSA. Back to back games of eight targets. This week was 94 yards and a touchdown. But as we were talking about earlier, Tyron Smith maybe not coming back. So UTSA has a void at that wide receiver one position. It could be McQuinn. seems like he's getting the volume. We like volume. And this guy, I think, is real interesting to the point where I almost don't want to tell you guys about him, but I am, because the kind of guy I am. And his name's Chase <laughs> so Well. ECU, six foot two, one hundred and eighty-seven pounds. Back-to-back games with ten or twelve targets. This week he was—I uh, don't even know what I did there. 11, 120 yards, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, twelve targets, one hundred and twenty yards, and a touchdown. You can tell I was getting cooked when I uh, wrote this because it doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> Kyle, what do you got? I got two guys that fit in that first column of guys who just, why aren't they rostered yet? Um, make sure you get them. And the first is, I think, the most obvious. Holden Willis, the Mi- middle Tennessee state tight end, um, is still only 28% rostered. He is, at this point, he's going to end up as a tight end, two on the season um, just because there's nobody else left. Um, he's like a probably a 15, 16 points per game guy. So, um, definitely going to fill your need at tight end. I think even if I had Holker, I would be picking up Willis just so none of my league mates can get him because there's nothing left. Um, and then at quarterback, Zeon Chris, the UL Lafayette quarterback, had a huge game last week. Um, he's a guy who runs the ball really, really well. Still only rostered in 17% of leagues. Um, I think a big, big performance there for CFF and a, definitely a guy you want to get. And then I have a um, one more that I like uh, long-term is Makai Hughes, the two-lane running back who's been taking over as a true freshman. Um, and if you're looking for a guy who, if you need to fill a spot this week, I think Makai Hughes also fits that mold because he gets North Texas this week who's one of the worst defenses in the country. So I'm definitely looking to add Mikai Hughes if he's available. And then I got four guys who are like CFF interesting long-term, but mostly like bi-week fill-ins for this week. Um, my number one guy of this group would be on Stewart, the Bowling Green running back. They are playing against Akron this week. Akron, one of the worst teams in the country. Definitely one of the worst defenses in the country. They've been just gashed on the ground consistently. Uh, and I think Terry and Stewart will be a big benefactor of that. And then another one that's really big for me is Braden Bennett, the coastal Carolina running back. He's started to take over this job in a way that we weren't really sure anyone was going to do, but he's like a 20 touch per game guy now. And they're playing against Arkansas state who, <laughs> if you're playing Arkansas state, you're going to get like 200 rushing yards. Cause like, it's like playing against tackling dummies out there. They're pretty pretty dang bad on defense. And then a couple more guys I found interesting. Sean Atkins, the South Florida wide receiver. He's been a guy who's been a high floor guy all year, averaging about 15 points per game, um, only one game below 10. So definitely going to get you double ditches this week if you need it. And I think there's room for more because they're playing UConn this week. UConn, one of the worst pass defenses in the country. So definitely targeting Atkins if I need somebody to start at the wide receiver spot. And then I got one more running back that you can turn to if you're in like a real pinch. And that is Jalen Thomas, the Kent State running back. I think he's rostered in like 1%, 2% of leagues. He's uh, had like two straight games of 25 carries the last two weeks. And they play Buffalo this week. Um, Buffalo cannot stop a, a Breeze. So um, Jalen Thomas going to have a probably going to have a good game for himself, probably being the RB one this week for Kent state and Kent state cannot throw the ball. So they are going to run the ball and Buffalo can't stop them.
0: All right. All right. All right. We got uh, all your waiver wire needs met as per usual. Make sure that file. It's really good stuff. Uh look if you guys appreciate this content leave us the review, subscribe, follow the channel, follow Kyle at KL Fantasy, KL underscore fantasy follow me at EK Baller. No we underscore. We appreciate you guys. What? I said no underscore. No underscore. you have a no, yeah, no underscore? No, you
1: have I no ball. underscore. I
0: don't, I don't do the underscores. I only overscore. That's overscore. All right. We got to go. We appreciate you guys. Uh, check back in next time. Seriously, leave us a review. We appreciate you.
1: Dixie Landolite is about to state Tennessee Go Balls.